This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you Season 2 of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation, and Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown, Las Vegas! With insights, opinions, and interviews, we're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL, your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back, Raider Nation. It is time for Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Also heard on the bet in Las Vegas on the radio. Thanks for being with us here again to talk Raiders football. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, do me a favor. Just hit subscribe wherever you get your audio. Put on the auto download so you don't miss another show. Thanks for being with me, but it's not just me. I bring in my broadcast partner. That, of course, is my good friend. He is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. And you can also catch him on his Bleacher Report Lives, which are occasional. We just had one on Monday. If you missed it, you missed it. But Midtown Mo was in action again. Yes, Midtown Mo. Hey, look. It's Midtown Mo. Yes, he was in he was in rolling. And I gotta take I gotta take I, I got some umbrage with some of the things he was talking about and questions he was answering, which we're gonna get into now. Mo, how you doing? Pretty good. Uh, as you said, I was, uh, I was doing my midtown thing today, yeah. uh, back in, back in action after not being seen for about 10 days, but. Oh yes. <clears throat> yeah. So it was a lot, lot going on in that live. There's a lot going on in that live. I know you got questions, so we'll get into it. And in I yeah. guess our first item of the day. We will. And oh, by the way, I mean, you look like, what'd you lose like 15 pounds? You were so sick. I mean, you were out of it for the whole week. I got it towards the end of the week. I was lucky, though. I had two days, and then I had the weekend, so I was able to get recovered uh, by Monday. I'm still on the road to recovery, actually. I Full disclosure, before I got on, I had to take a nap before I got on with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's how dedicated Mo is uh, to be with his Raider Nation audience, so I appreciate it. But on the chat, there was all – you guys at Bleach Report, you're so busy this time of the year. You're doing all sorts of <laughs> – excuse me, mock drafts and all this jazz – and I tune in the live and I see Mo's Mo's list of draft picks there for the Raiders, correct? And yes, draft targets. And you had Anthony Richardson as the first pick that the Raiders hit number three. Mm-hmm. You know, That's correct. Come, come on. No, you bought into the hype you're in, huh? You're all in? No. It- Full disclosure. Okay, because this is going to take some explanation because of how things are set up behind the scenes. Uh-huh. So I've gone on shows and, I, and I've already been on the record saying this is that I wouldn't take Anthony Richardson at seven. But the way the, the context of the show is set up based on the rumor that Daniel Jeremiah put out saying that there are two teams that he believes could trade up to the number three spot, the Arizona Cardinals spot. And he said it was the Titans and the Raiders. So a scenario was presented to me as to say, if the Raiders are going to trade up to the number three spot, who are they trading up for? 
So then mm-hmm. that was my first draft target was Anthony Richardson because the Raiders, obviously, if you're, if you're going to trade up to three, you're not trading up for a tackle. You're not trading <laughs> up for an edge rusher. Right. You're going up there for a quarterback. Yeah. And the way I see it and the way I think most people see it is Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are going one and two. So if you're trading up to three, you're going up there for Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. And if I'm picking between the two and you're telling me the Raiders are trading up for one of those two guys, to me, it would have to be Anthony Richardson because his ceiling is a lot higher than Will Levis. Whether you like Anthony Richardson as a prospect or not is a different conversation. But yeah. if you're a team that's swinging for the fences at a quarterback that could be greater than the rest of the quarterbacks left on the board, you're swinging for Anthony Richardson because of his traits. Yeah, I, I hope that's not true. Uh, I hope that doesn't come to pass, I should say. But no, the, <laughs> the methodology and the mindset of, of the scenario you were given – I understand yes. that I still, I still wouldn't take him because amazing talent, but it is, you talk about, you talked about a big swing. It's not just a big swing. It is a massive gamble because the young man is incredibly talented uh, and everything I've read and seen a good young man too. So, so there's no character issues, and all that stuff. So you, you, you want to kind of root for him. But, but I know we differ on the Will Levis thing. I wouldn't take Will Levis at third either. By the way, uh, I wouldn't take him there. I wouldn't take either one of those guys at three. But so there you go. Go ahead. Scott would blow off. Scott would blow off the whole live stream. He wouldn't answer the question. Uh, he would just say, I, "I just I'm gonna walk off the set because I'm not gonna make a choice." <laughs> well, if they didn't give me my smoothie, I definitely would walk off the set. Um, but but no, what I'm saying though is I I hope I don't think. And again, you look at this class, including Anthony Richardson, including Will Levis. And to me, I just don't see with the needs the Raiders have. And I get that's the scenario you were given. So that's why I was giving you crap about it at the beginning. So people, so you could talk about it and let people understand. But to me, with all the defensive needs, I, I, I would just, if I can't get in the top three and know that my guy's there, meaning if, if CJ Stroud is there or Bryce Young is there, then I wouldn't do it. I would just back off, take the best player I can get at seven, uh, or even trade down because you got to fill that defense out. And I think the guy that's being slept on the most now out of all of the quarterbacks, and you can get him later, is Hendon Hooker. I still believe it. I know the age situation, the knee injury, but I will tell you that, that Hendon Hooker will play in a game, I believe, before Anthony Richardson will, even with the knee injury, because I think he's more ready for the pro game. I think it all depends what Hendon Hooker, where he goes. That's I mean, true. I, I, actually, I actually also put out a, a column on Hendon Hooker, and I and I had the the one thing that I will say about Hendon Hooker is that when you play in Tennessee's offense and you're playing in a wide open up tempo offense, yep. that type of offense doesn't exist in the NFL. Not in not in its entirety. So no way. No, yeah. Absolutely. He's going to have to he's gonna have to work on working in a pro style offense, reading a full field with consistency and going through his progressions because he wasn't really asked to do that at Tennessee. Now, he had a smart answer at the combine. He said, well, I can't help it if my number one receiver beats the uh, other defender. I'm going to throw to him. His number <laughs> one receiver being Jalen um, Hyatt. So, Hyatt, yeah. In the NFL, he's not going to have the same free leeway as he had on the collegiate level. And he's going to have to adjust to, again, a pro-style offense. Now, you can you can put some of those collegiate concepts in the offense to help his learning curve. Yep. But that's going to be an adjustment for him. And I think – 
despite whatever people say about the injury and his age, I think that's something that people are overlooking that, okay, now you got to read a full field. Now you got to go to your second, your third, your fourth read. How, how well are you going to do being tasked to do that on, in an NFL offense? And I think those, that's a legitimate concern for me. I agree. I think, and I think it's a massive concern for all of the quarterbacks, Sands, maybe CJ Stroud and a little bit of Bryce Young, because Anthony Richardson as great as he is from a talent and a pure skill perspective uh, has trouble with that too. And I know you talked about on your life, you watched the last four games of Richardson's season and you're right. He did improve significantly. And I think that's why you hear him in this conversation now because he finished so strong. Uh, but it, it, I, I still think though, I'm not as convinced on any of these quarterbacks other than CJ Stroud. Cause I just think that I watched him the most, I think. So I, I feel like, He's going to be pretty good in the right system, to your point. So we'll have to see how that goes. Now, we're going to get into the draft today, by the way, on the show. Uh, the next segment, we're going to talk about the defensive linemen available in the draft. We're going to give you some names to watch out for uh, for the Raiders as our draft coverage begins here in April all the way up to the draft. And then in the final segment, we'll get into linebackers. Oh, yeah, those. Yeah, the Raiders haven't had one in a long time. So we're going to talk about who's available out there. But, Mo, another story that's starting to make the rounds here, and it does have a little bit to do with Anthony Richardson, is that we're hearing the rumor now that the Seahawks are interested in in trading uh, with the Raiders. There might be a swap of picks here, and it's because they might want Anthony Richardson. Uh, What do you make of that Seattle story that's been floated out there? Of course, this time of the year, Everybody, including us, even as educated as we can be on certain subjects, we're all just shooting in the dark, folks. That's 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 without a doubt. You use the best information you can to try to guess what's going to happen because none of us can wait that long to get to the draft. Um, but, Mo, what do you make of that story that the Raiders and Seahawks could end up being trade partners in that first round? Yeah, about the shooting in the dark thing, really quick comment about that. Yeah. We're at the time of the offseason where everyone is just making mock drafts out of boredom and half of them don't make sense. I just Correct. To put that out there. Absolutely. So I, I don't pay too much attention to mock drafts. Maybe the big, you know, the, the big things like Daniel Jeremiah, as I said, because he, he'll put out uh, rumors and insight about what he's hearing. But to your point about the Seahawks and the, and the Richardson rumors, I think it's a little bit of smoke because if you – Last week during Richardson's pro day, apparently that was the big rumor that was floating around that the Seahawks mm-hmm. want Richardson. And usually when you hear things like that at that time of the year, you got to take certain things with a grain of salt because everyone is saying the same, was basically saying the same thing. The Seahawks want to move up and leapfrog the Colts for the number three spot. And I, and I find that a little bit of BS because I put that in an article, the, a BS meter on some of the rumors that are out. <laughs> and, I, and I gave that, I believe, an eight because – I think the Seahawks would love Anthony Richardson if they didn't have to trade up for him. To me, it doesn't make sense for them as a playoff team with with a quarterback who's set in place for now, Geno Smith. I know he's not you know, considered a long-term answer because he's only had one standout season, but they do have a playoff team, and they hit the last draft out of the park. And what they need is an interior uh, defensive lineman. I think they're after Jalen Carter, mm. to be honest with you. And I think this, this whole Richardson thing – They'll they'll take him if he's there at five, I believe the Seahawks pick. If he's there at five, they may consider it because then they can have their quarterback of the future. Richardson doesn't have to play for one or two years. Yep. Geno Smith will have his leeway, his one or two-year leeway, and then you can pass the baton off without having to rush your young quarterback back in. But to me, a team that's 
just coming off a 9-8 season in a division where the Cardinals are going to sink, the 49ers don't quite know who their starter is going to be, the Rams are rebuilding. Why would the Seahawks take a quarterback when they can pick some yeah. hole, uh, major hole that they have, get a Jalen Carter or Will Anderson, whoever's yeah. there, and keep it rolling with and from what they had last year? So I think there's a little bit of smoke there with Anthony Richardson, the Seahawks. Talk. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think I think Jalen Carter is the target. If that were to happen, I think that's the target for them. That to me seems like an exact a Pete Carroll move, knowing what he has and what he has to do with that roster. And you talked about the division. They have, an, uh, they have an open door right now in that division. If they make the right moves, have a good draft, and supplement it with players, they're going to be uh, with the 49ers, depending, like, to your point. The 49ers don't know what to do at quarterback or if the quarterback situation, if Brock Purdy sees the uh, carriage pull up at midnight and it turns into a pumpkin, then the 49ers are in trouble. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Last thing before we go to the first break, your colleague over at Bleacher Report, Christopher Knox, also is predicting that the Raiders – will re-sign Yannick Ngakwe, which we've talked about here on this show. I think it would be a great move to bolster that end position. We're going to talk about defensive linemen in the draft coming up after the break, but what do you think about that? I don't think it's going to happen simply because, and mm. shout out to Chris, great writer, but I don't think it's going to happen simply because the rate, Dave Ziegler has been bargain been shopping this whole offseason. <laughs> and I think Yannick Ngakwe is arguably one of the the top free agents available. I think he's still looking for a deal about in the eight, $9 million range. And I don't yeah. think Ziggler is going to be willing to pay him that. Yep. It comes down to the dough. All right. Especially when you have a lot of needs. Okay. We're going to step aside for our first break here on the Tuesday edition of silver and black today. Mo and Scott, both back. Mo is at least what? 90%. You think I'm, I'm about 95%. Or where are you at? Because I know you're you're sucking on a cough drop and you're drinking water, but what else you got going? I'm about 75% right 70, about. See, he's a gamer. <laughs> he's a gamer, folks. That's because he's Midtown Mo. All right, we're going to take that break. When we come back, we'll get into some players you want to watch out for. And when you talk when you talk about the Raiders and defensive line, oh yeah, they have needs, especially on the inside. We're going to talk about that next here on Silver and Black today, an Odyssey, whoa, original podcast. <laughs> 